0: Can't Wait for Christmas is a proud member of the Christmas Podcast Network.
1: Hey buddy, what you doing? Is it Christmas yet? No, sorry, not yet. I can't wait for Christmas. Yeah, I can't wait for Christmas either. In fact, let's celebrate now. (laughs) Welcome. To the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. (laughs) It's August 25th, 2023, and that means there's four months left until Christmas. Today on the show, we're going to talk about something that has become ubiquitous during the run up to Christmas. Pumpkin spice. We'll also tell you an easy way to make some adorable and delicious mini snowmen. We'll count down the top five Christmas fire safety tips and we'll take another step closer to the final round of Merry Music Madness. Okay, let's start the show! <laughs> things you believers and welcome to another episode of the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. The podcast all about Christmas history, Christmas traditions, Christmas media and everything else Christmas. I'm your host, comedian and guy trying his best to stay on the nice list, Tim Bath. Right off the bat, I want to address those of you listening via Stitcher. Not sure if you've heard, but the Stitcher app is shutting down on August 29th, so you won't be able to listen to this or any other podcast on Stitcher after that. But this podcast is definitely not shutting down. We'll be here until I run out of Christmas spirit. So I hope you'll find us on one of the other podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, the Android Store, iHeartRadio. There's actually way more than I'm even aware of. In fact, if you're aware of a podcast platform we're not on, please let me know so I can get us on it. And we can spread our Christmas cheer far and wide. That being said, I hope everyone is staying cool in this record breakingly hot summer. Hang in there, friends. The burr months are just around the corner. And not a moment too soon, because I don't know about you, but I need a little Christmas. Now. This tip comes from TikTok. We've actually had a TikTok account for about two years now, and only recently have we finally made it to Christmas TikTok. If you're not familiar with the app, what I mean by that is that the algorithm has finally figured out that the can't-wait-for-Christmas-pod TikTok would like to see Christmas content. I don't know if these algorithms are as smart as people say. But now my feed is filled with videos of Christmas sights, Christmas sounds, Christmas crafts, and Christmas recipes. And I'm going to share one of the latter with you today. Well, I don't know if this counts technically as a recipe, since there's no cooking or baking involved. Here's what you need. Some peanut butter cups, some mini peanut butter cups, some mini powdered donuts, powdered donut holes, toothpicks, some peel apart licorice, and some kind of tiny orange candy. I think it looks like Mike and Ike. It doesn't actually say in the video, but I think they might be orange Mike and Ikes. So here's what you do. You unwrap the peanut butter cups, put the mini one on the bottom and the regular sized one on the top. Then stick a toothpick through them so you're sticking them together and then set that aside. Then stack two mini donuts on top of each other. Put a donut hole on top of those two mini donuts. Wrap the peel apart licorice around where the donut hole meets the donut. Then, break a toothpick in half, shove it partway into that orange candy. Now, use the toothpick that's sticking out of the other side of that orange candy and jam it into the donut hole. Finally, grab those peanut butter cups that you connected with the toothpick and put them toothpick first into the donut hole through the donuts. So basically, you're going to have a toothpick sticking through most of the donuts except for the very top, which is sticking through first the large peanut butter cup, then the mini peanut butter cup. So basically, what you've got now is you got a little mini snowman with a licorice for a scarf, a orange candy for a nose, and two peanut butter cups as a little hat. If you're having trouble picturing it, don't worry. I put a link to the TikTok video in the show notes. It was posted by purple-haired Holly, and it really does look super adorable. And if you have any cool ideas that you found from TikTok or elsewhere, send them to us at Christmas at tancast.com so we can use them on a future show. But now this comedy podcast is going to get slightly serious for a bit as we move on to our countdown feature, Five Golden Things. Fire has unfortunately been in the news a lot this year, from the huge fires in Canada, the fires in California, Arizona, Oregon, and of course the recent tragic events in Maui. I bring this up not to bum anybody out, but for two reasons. One, to mention that I put a link in the show notes for where you can donate to help the people affected by the fire in Maui. And two, because I thought I should do what I can to spread info to stop any additional fires from spreading this holiday season. So I've compiled a list of the top five Christmas fire hazards and how to avoid them. Number five. The Christmas Tree. Every year, we get multiple warnings about not letting your Christmas tree dry out, and that's very true, because a dry tree is a dangerous tree, so you should check your water levels daily. But there's more steps you can take to prevent your tree from catching fire. Before you take your tree home, make sure it's a fresh one. The needles should not fall off easily. When you bang the trunk against the ground, very few should fall off, and the needles should bend and not break between your fingers. Also, the bottom of the trunk should have resin on it that is sticky. Now, once you get your tree home, remember to set it up at least three feet away from any heat sources, such as fireplaces, space heaters, candles, vents, and radiators. When the Christmas season is over, don't leave the tree lying around near any other combustible objects. As it dries, it becomes much more flammable. Get that thing to the curb as soon as possible. And even if you're buying an artificial tree, be sure to look out for the ones with the fire-resistant label. And never use electric lights in a metallic tree. And speaking of lights...
0: Number
1: four, lights and decorations. Before you put up your lights, be sure to inspect them thoroughly. You'll want to throw out any with any sockets that are broken or cracked. Also, if the wires are frayed, bare, or have loose connections, you want to get rid of those too. Make sure you use the proper lights and extension cords for where they are being displayed. Some are rated for indoor use only. Some are rated for outdoor use only. Some are rated for both. But this is not arbitrary. So make sure you're using the right light set and cord set for the right place. Also, don't plug in too many things to a single socket. And you should also know multiple sockets may be on the same fuse, so be aware of that as well. Also, winter weather usually comes with a lot of precipitation, snow, rain, etc. So make sure your cords and plugs don't end up submerged in water. Number three. Candles. Candles are a staple of Christmas decor, but they are also literally fire, so you don't ever want to take that for granted. Once you light your candles, you'll want to keep an eye on them. Don't light a bunch of candles and leave the room. You never want to leave fire unattended. Plus, if no one's there, who's going to enjoy the candlelight anyway? So if you're leaving the room, going to bed, or especially leaving the house, make sure you put those candles out. Also, when placing your candles, make sure they're on a heat-resistant surface that is not too close to anything flammable. You'll also want to make sure they're out of reach of small children and pets. Number two. Fireplace. A roaring fireplace is a gorgeous part of a picturesque Christmas scene, as long as the fire stays in its place. To do that, you may want to have your fireplace inspected to see if the chimney needs to be cleaned. But you'll definitely want to put a screen in front of the fireplace to prevent any stray embers from popping out. You should also never burn wrapping paper in the fireplace. It catches quickly and burns intensely. In fact, you should make it a general practice not to let any of the wrapping paper pile up anywhere near the fireplace or really any other heat source. Honorable Mentions! Smoke detectors and fire extinguishers. These are actually the opposite of a fire hazard unless they're not present or not working. So make sure your smoke detectors are working properly and you have a functioning fire extinguisher handy. It's a good idea all year, but especially during Christmas. Number one. Cooking. Cooking. I was surprised to learn that cooking is actually the biggest fire hazard of them all. According to the U.S. Fire Administration, 47% of all home fires are caused by cooking. And Thanksgiving, Christmas Eve, and Christmas Day see spikes in cooking-related fires. So here's some things to remember to help keep your Christmas kitchen safe. Don't leave cooking food unattended. I know there's all sorts of sports ball happening during the holidays, but don't try and combine cooking time and game time. Also, the National Fire Protection Association recommends keeping pan lids close by so that if a fire should start, you can cover the pan and remove it from the burner. Also, set timers for all the food you're cooking. You'll probably have a lot of things going at once, but you want to make sure you don't forget anything because if you forget something and it burns, that's where the trouble starts. Also, don't use your oven as storage, and I have to call myself out on this one. Years ago, I was washing the dishes and got to a cake carrier that didn't fit in the dish drying rack, so I decided to let it dry in the oven. Unfortunately, I neglected to share that information with my wife, and she preheated the oven to make dinner the next day, and... Well, long story short, we don't have that cake carrier anymore, and my son got to meet a very nice group of firefighters. Don't worry, everybody's okay, but it could have been a lot worse, and that is totally my fault. And that's all I have. But if you have additional fire safety tips, please pass them on to us so I can share them with the group. And now a word from one of the other podcasts in the Christmas Podcast Network.
2: We interrupt this podcast about Christmas to tell you about another podcast about Christmas. It's the Advent Calendar House, a salute to all holiday specials, but mostly the Christmas ones. Countdown to Christmas Eve with a new episode every other day in December about a different holiday show. From the must-watch classics to the lost treasures at the bottom of the DVD bargain bin. Learn the answers to questions nobody asked, like when is a magic hat you throw away no longer yours? How many Muppets can fit inside a farmhouse? How did cavemen know about Christmas? Why is Alf making me cry? Subscribe now at adventcalendar.house and get 12 episodes every December. But that's not all. You'll also get 12 more episodes during Christmas in July. Why am I talking like a car salesman? It's a free podcast. It's the Advent Calendar House, a podcast on the internet.
1: It's the Advent Calendar House. Welcome back. For our feature today, I'm going to go a little bit outside of our normal jurisdiction. Pumpkin spice is definitely a fall phenomenon. But if you think about it, most of the run-up to Christmas season – takes place in the fall. Winter doesn't actually start until four days before Christmas, and with the way pumpkin spice has grown in popularity over the last few years, its presence is definitely felt in the run-up to Christmas. So with that in mind, I decided today we'd take a look at the rise of pumpkin spice. It's not yet September and it stays warm till November, but it's here. Since Thursday, pumpkin
0: spice
1: latte. Apologies to the Holderness family, whose lyrics I blatantly stole for that parody. I want to make sure they get credit for it. In fact, I was going to play their version, but in their version it says the latte was back at Starbucks on Tuesday. But in fact, it was back the day before this episode drops on a Thursday. So I had to re-record my own version, because i got to make it accurate. And as long as I'm setting the record straight, let's get something clarified right off the bat pumpkins are not spicy. Pumpkins barely have any flavor at all. There's a reason that once a year we cut them open, scoop out their guts, carve a face into them, and leave them to rot on our porches. They're kind of gross. And that's why we have to add so much to them to make them edible. So when we talk about pumpkin spice, it's not a spice from a pumpkin. It's more like spices for a pumpkin. This will come up later, so I didn't want you to be surprised. So let's go back to one of the earliest records we have of this combination of spices we've come to know as pumpkin spice. For that, we have to go back to 1796 and the first cookbook written by an American for publication in America, Amelia Simmons's American Cookery. In it, she includes not one but two recipes for something called pumpkin pudding. Basically, it's the filling for a pumpkin pie. One recipe called for nutmeg and ginger. The other said to use allspice and ginger. So bakers have been playing around with the spices over the years, but there were always multiple spices to make this pumpkin palatable. Flash forward a little over 100 years and spice companies realized they could make money if they packaged all the spices in one. So instead of having to go and hunt down ginger and cinnamon and nutmeg and allspice every time you wanted to make a pumpkin pie, they'd just mix them all up and sell you it in one spice jar. So Thompson and Taylor Spice Company did just that in 1933, and then McCormick and Company followed suit in 1934. That works great as a spice. You buy once and sits in your cupboard. You dust it off every November, maybe December too. And that's how it would remain for many decades until one coffee company had the idea to put pumpkin spice in a latte. That company was, of course, J.L. Hufford Coffee and Tea Company in Indiana. Yeah, unfortunately, it didn't really make much of an impact, and the pumpkin spice latte might have just been a little specialty drink in a lesser-known coffee shop were it not for the coffee behemoth Starbucks. Yes, it all starts in 2002, when Starbucks introduced one of its first seasonal drinks— That's right, the peppermint mocha. See how I keep setting you up and then subverting your expectations? This is like the last Jedi of Pumpkin Spice origin story podcasts. Anyway, the point is, the Pumpkin Spice Latte owes its existence to the success of a seasonal Christmas drink. You see, capitalism got a capitalism, so Starbucks said, we gotta get another seasonal beverage, this time for the fall. The task fell to Starbucks product manager Peter Dukes. He and his team workshopped 20 different fall-themed flavors and turned it over to the internet, who came out in droves to pick pretty much anything other than the pumpkin one. Boom! I did it again! Yep, the pumpkin was not the people's first, second, or even third choice. They were more interested in the chocolate or caramel or orange flavors. But Dukes had a vision, or he was really bad at listening to the public. Either way... Pumpkin Spice made it to the list of the final four that they made mock-ups of to give to corporate. I read one article that said the Starbucks research and development team poured espresso shots on top of pumpkin pies to taste the different combinations to determine the best ratio of cinnamon and nutmeg to coffee and steamed milk. Once they finally got the recipe the way they liked it, they just needed to decide on a name. One of the early contenders for the name was Fall Harvest Latte, which is a name so boring I almost fell asleep saying it. But fortunately, they decided to go with the more explanatory pumpkin spice latte. It was released in only two cities in 2003, Vancouver, B.C. and Washington, D.C. Not sure why they had to use only cities with initials in their names, but it worked. It was a huge success and they sold out. The next year, pumpkin spice lattes were available throughout the many Starbucks chains and a phenomenon was born. But not one without its controversy. In 2014, a food blogger shocked the pumpkin spice latte world to its core when she reported the bombshell that the pumpkin spice latte didn't contain any actual pumpkin. Now, if she'd listened to the first part of the segment, she would have known that already. But I'll bet she'll use the excuse that this podcast didn't exist in 2014 pretty flimsy excuse if you ask me. But this food blogger got enough attention that Starbucks took notice, and in 2015, they added actual pumpkin puree into the goop they squirt into your latte, and it's been that way ever since. And it's grown in popularity every year except last year. For the first time since its introduction, Starbucks sold less pumpkin spice lattes in 2022 than they did in 2021. And I'm sure some economists or behavioral scientists could probably tell you some specific reason why that they've researched and they know because they have facts. But I definitely have a theory that I will believe until the day I die. The market has been officially oversaturated. Sure, Starbucks had pumpkin spice and that was great, but then Dunkin' Donuts, 7-Eleven, and Krispy Kreme got pumpkin spice lattes too. But then other companies couldn't leave well enough alone. Twinkie's got a pumpkin spice flavor. So does Oreo, Werther's Originals. I even saw pumpkin spice red vines at the store the other day. You even have multiple options if you want to have pumpkin spice for breakfast. You got pumpkin spice Cheerios, Frosted Flakes, and Pop-Tarts? It's getting out of hand. Philadelphia makes a pumpkin spice cream cheese. There's a pumpkin spice jello flavor. Jamba Juice even made a pumpkin spice smoothie. It's too much pumpkin spice. They got it in places that pumpkin spice doesn't belong, like pumpkin spice sprinkles, pumpkin spice hummus, even pumpkin spice toothpaste. Okay, now they're making the jump to things you don't even eat. They got pumpkin spice soap on a rope, pumpkin spice deodorant, pumpkin spice beard oil, even pumpkin spice shampoo for dogs. The dog don't care about pumpkin spice. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I get carried away. But you get my point. They're putting pumpkin spice on everything now. That wasn't even close to an exhaustive list of the many things that have pumpkin spice in them. And now the market for it is shrinking. And some people are super happy about that. You see, one thing that came along with the meteoric rise in popularity of pumpkin spice was a huge backlash. For some reason, there's a group of people who really lash out at pumpkin spice and the people who like it, calling fans of the drink basic. And I have to say... It's telling that we feel the need to dumple over a drink that seems to be very popular with women. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't have a dog in this fight. I not only don't like pumpkin spice lattes, I don't like any coffee drinks. All coffee is gross to me. But hey, if you like pumpkin spice lattes, turns out that is absolutely no skin off my nose. Go nuts. Live it up. If you found a small modicum of joy from this seasonal fall beverage, I couldn't be happier for you. I hope you're drinking one right now. And to all the haters, you know what's really basic? Sticking your nose in other people's coffee cups. So cheers to Pumpkin Spice and the 20 year anniversary of the Pumpkin Spice Latte. Now let's talk Christmas music in Merry Music Madness. All year long we're doing a bracket style elimination competition to find out who's the ultimate Christmas singer or singing group as voted by you. Last time was the first part of round two. You voted for your favorite Christmas music makers. Now let's hear how our merry musicians did. Gene Audrey defeated Brian Setzer, 74.8% to 25.2%. Bing Crosby defeated the Beach Boys, 84.1% to 15.9%. Frank Sinatra shut down Jose Feliciano, 80.4% to 19.6%. Vince Garaldi took down Josh Groban, 64.5% to 35.5%. Tony Bennett took down Elton John, 75.7% to 24.3%. And Johnny Mathis took down Ella Fitzgerald, 62.6% to 37.4%. And in our closest matchup of this go-round, Dolly Parton squeaked out a win against Eartha Kit, 54.2% to 45.8%. And in the second closest matchup, the Muppets took down Mannheim Steamroller, 56.1% to 43.9%. We'll see all our winners in round three, but for now, let's turn our attention to the second half of round two. Here's who's facing off this month. Kelly Clarkson the tree. versus Bruce Springsteen. Say Pentatonics. Versus the
2: Ronettes
1: It's love. Down. Versus Perry Como. Do you hear
0: what I hear? Do you hear what I hear?
1: The Carpenters.
0: Merry Christmas,
2: darling.
1: Versus Andy Williams. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Time. Mariah Carey. All I want for you Versus Elvis Presley. I said I walk- Dean Martin
0: It's a marshmallow
1: world in winter Versus Nat King Cole Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Thurl Ravenscroft You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch Versus Burl Ives Have a holly jolly Christmas And Michael Bublé Jingle bells, jingle Jingle bells Versus the Tabernacle Choir on Temple Square That's it. The polls will be open until September 24th. You can find the link at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com or on our Twitter or on our Facebook or on our threads. It's totally anonymous. You don't have to provide any personal information. You just have to vote with your whole Christmas heart on which one should go to the next round. So get out there and vote and join us next time to see if your favorites will be moving into the next round of Merry Music Madness! and that's our show thank you for joining me on yet another crazy Christmas adventure remind us for what's in the show notes at can't wait for Christmas pod for this episode the link to donate to help the folks affected by the Maui fires a link to see the donut snowmen on TikTok and of course the links to vote in merry music madness plus you can find other options to listen to us if you're a stitcher listener and your stitcher is going away okay that's all I have for you today we'll see you in September until then you will believers keep laughing all the way And that was Christmas, 1983. Actually, Dad, it's 2023.
0: Oh. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, a.k.a. iTunes, and email us about it at christmasattancast.com, we'll send you a free Can't Wait for Christmas sticker. If you'd like to see the show notes or leave a comment on this or any other episodes, you can go to our official website, can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. While you're there, you'll find a link to our official Zazzle store where you can grab customizable t-shirts, ornaments, stickers, and all sorts of other Christmas-themed items all year long. We'd love to connect with you on social media. On Facebook and Instagram, we are Can't Wait for Christmas Pod. And on Twitter, we are at Christmas Pod.
1: And if you're not familiar with the app, what I mean by that is that the algorithm has finally figured out that the can't wait for Christmas pod TikTok would like to see Christmas content. If you're not familiar with the app, what I mean by that is that the can't If you're not figu... if you're not If you're not familiar with the app, what I mean by that is that the algorithm is has... If you're not familiar with that, what I mean by <laughs> Wow. This is what happens when an old man tries to talk about TikTok. Well, let me tell you about this the TikTok app the kids are using, Johnny. <laughs> it's all crazy with the dancing and the mumbo jumbo. But now this comedy podcast is gonna. Li- but now this comedy podcast is gonna. Li- <laughs> I can't. I can't even say it. This comedy podcast is gonna get serious. My mouth won't let me. Like, no, I won't. No, you won't. Yes, I will, mouth. You tell me what to do. Last time was the first part of round two. You voted for your favorite cues You voted for your vape- You voted for your craze- Now let's hear how our merry musicians did. I've got to look it up because I didn't write this part down. Yeah, I'm gonna close that. Boo 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 boo. boo. Uh oh, where is the window? Oh, I gotta log in. Hold. Oh, my login is saved. Huzzah! And Michael Buble versus the Mormon. No, <laughs> the Tabernacle Choir on Something Square. Hang on, hang on, hold a minute, I almost got it wrong again. Oh no, you gotta be careful when you're singing about the tabernacle choir, baby. We're talking about it, I'm not singing.